You're listening to Dr. Disinfo, a podcast exploring the intersection of society, technology, and security. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Dr. Disinfo. This is your host, Dr. Jordan Plotnik, and I'm happy to be here for a third episode. Today, we're going to talk about artificial intelligence and its impact that it's had, uh, especially since the launch of ChatGPT and other tools that have made uh, AI much more accessible to the average person. In 2023, we saw a significant shift in the way that technology has been able to improve the efficiency of people. Uh, ChatGPT, I'm sure everyone's had a shot at it at this point, and it's very powerful. It's a very powerful tool. And it provides the capability to effortlessly produce highly tailorable text, images, audio, and not ChatGPT itself, but uh, with other AI tools, video as well, which which is known as a deep fake. Um, And the ability to generate these from either existing images online or videos online where you're able to replicate voice, you're able to replicate video in a very convincing way. This has significantly changed the way that humanity is able to receive truth or understand truth because no longer can we look at an image or a video or an audio clip and believe inherently that it's true and it's valid as evidence. It's extremely difficult at this point in time to discern the difference between them, especially to the naked eye. But today we'll talk about um, some of these impacts, uh, some of the capabilities at a deeper level, and, and I'll finish off by giving a couple of hints on on how to actually check for obvious signs of AI manipulation. Now, as with any technology, AI is very powerful for good, and it can also be used for evil, like with anything else. And the evil side is particularly worrying because there are anti-democratic actors and others who wish to destabilize a society. And one of the, the best ways to do that is to feed the population with fake information, fake news, disinformation, whatever you want to call it, um, in order to to harm the pluralistic way of life that we have in the West, which is the accepting of differing ideas, but having a common set of values, which is generally human rights. In the last episode, we spoke about the social media algorithms and how they contribute to to isolated bubbles of, uh, of ideology online, and it, it inherently pushes ideas that align with misconceptions or with biases that the the audience has so you as a user of social media you're more likely to encounter information that affirms things that you already believe or affirms biases that you have because it's more profitable for the social media company to do so once you add ai into the mix this becomes extremely dangerous and we've seen this in, in the recent um, Israel, well, the ongoing Israel-Gaza war. There's been a huge amount of disinformation, as I mentioned in the last episode. But one thing which stands out is the use of AI. And, um, and not just AI, but other digitally produced imagery that, are, that is hyper-realistic and is highly convincing. Sometimes this includes videos from other conflicts. So we've seen videos uh, from a uh, Syrian conflict where Syria had executed a number of civilians and that was being circulated to say that Israel was doing that um, even though it was Syria and we've seen a number of examples like this. That's one type of disinformation. Another type is video game footage. 
There's a video game called Armour 3, which is a war-themed game, and it's been used not just in the Israel-Palestine conflict, but also the Russia-Ukraine uh, conflict, where a, a number of videos have been taken from the video game and marked as live or breaking news or, uh, you know, some headline which gets a lot of attention, gets a lot of shares, gets a lot of likes and interaction, um, and, and is often seen or, or being sold to the public as being real even though it's not and it's very difficult to to notice this detail if you're not looking for it because it, it you know these as i said these are very hyper realistic like our technology has got to the point now where it's extremely difficult for the average person to discern between something which is true footage and something which has been manipulated so the question then becomes how do you actually deal with this how do you deal with it as an individual and how do you deal with it as a society where our understanding of truth and our ability to produce valid evidence is being tried and it's leading to a lot of general distrust in mainstream media um, and, and actual evidence that has been put forward, uh, which, which is confirmed by a number of different sources, uh, can be dismissed you know, under accusations of modification or manipulation. In response to this threat, some social media companies have come out with novel ways to try to reduce the spread of fake information. Uh, it's very difficult to do this. They often have teams of people who independently verify and fact check. Uh, but also one way which is used is through self-reporting. So if you're online uh, on Instagram or wherever and you notice some information that you believe to be fake, then you can report it and the number of reports of fake information is taken into account when assessing how valid some information might be or how valid the information that an account in general might be sharing. Of course, this isn't an exact science and sometimes they get it wrong. Sometimes mainstream media also reports misinformation or disinformation. Uh, so it, it's definitely not a perfect system, but Instagram has recently introduced a new control where you can actually go in and and choose the amount of potential misinformation or controversial information that you may receive. So they've got several different levels and you can make it more guarded or less guarded. I've seen speculation online from activists or so-called activists encouraging others to turn off this filter uh, because they're claiming that it's, it's blocking the truth. And this is the exact problem is that nobody knows what's true anymore and what is being marked as disinformation has been assessed to be wrong by multiple independent sources now people are saying no that's actually correct and so we need to turn off this filter so that we can still get access to the truth and this is a big problem this is when you start having radicalization when you start having conspiracy theorists because you end up in this social bubble where you believe alternative facts <laughs> that aren't necessarily true or that have already been dismissed or disproven but you hold on to them because you distrust the authority that has disproved it now, when we extend this perspective or this mentality to a broader population, especially in a democratic society, it becomes very dangerous because people are no longer listening. People don't have the same facts and nobody trusts the facts that everyone else is putting out there. This has been used by politicians to their advantage in the past where they will capitalize on the whatever sentiment is being stoked, even if it's through disinformation, in order to get these this voting population on their side and so it, it's been abused within our own political systems and now uh the the population are ripe and ready for 
being misled by other actors who also have access to the internet and can equally spread information that is untrue or damaging. Once you consider the impact of AI in all of this and the ability to now rapidly produce this stuff, like theoretically you could create several different accounts which just automatically through generative AI push out posts uh, that are automatically generated in order to just flood the internet with a whole bunch of misinformation. But this is actually a, a technique in information warfare called astroturfing. Um, and it's not just an information warfare, it's also used by businesses and, and other entities. But astroturfing is the manufactured, deceptive and strategic top-down activity initiated by a political actor or some other group in order to mimic bottom-up activity. Um, so basically, if you go online and you're looking at reviews of a product or, or something, you may notice, you know, a bunch of kind of spam looking comments or comments that don't seem real or you click on the profile and there's not really a, a real person behind it. Um, you've probably also received random messages from people that you don't know trying to convince you to click on something or to buy something and you read the English and, you know, it, it, seems, it seems a bit odd. So a lot of this, this ability to generate and rapidly and continuously generate information even while you're asleep allows these actors to flood the internet or to flood whichever forum they're targeting with a whole bunch of information, whether it's information affirming or spreading whatever belief they, they want to spread, or even if it's just different information that conflicts each other, all of this has a purpose because it disorients the public and you as the receiver of this information no longer know what to do with it. Once you have so much data coming through, especially data that's contradicting, it's, it becomes very difficult to know what the truth is. Everything gets muddy. In a time of war, this is historically called the fog of war, which is the disorientation that occurs during warfare. This fog of war has now been extended and amplified to the whole public online through misinformation campaigns and targeted op information operations that purposely aim to, f to flood people with information that they don't know how to process um, you, you, with, with deep fakes and with AI images which contradict each other. It becomes difficult and then people, individuals are put in a place where they have to choose what their truth is because we've all got our inherent biases and especially on a topic which is uh, contestable or you know you've, you've got varying different strong opinions on different sides it's the perfect situation to do this kind of attack because then people don't know where to go so they inherently trust their instincts and they go to whichever bias uh, they feel happier with so if this information makes you feel better or feels more correct to you you'll take it as truth and when this is happening widespread across everywhere and now we've got these disinformation filters that people are turning off because they think it's blocking them from the truth they're even more exposed to this way of thinking and you end up in these social pockets. Um, and, and you know, it, it's, it's difficult. I've seen some videos, some very, very convincing videos of Putin and uh, who was it? It was probably Trump or Obama or someone sitting in a, in a cafe having a conversation. And you, you, you look and you're like, this looks very real. But you know that it couldn't have been real. Um, and actually, the, the image was done on purpose and the, the caption was that this is fake. But just to kind of demonstrate the, the extent of this technology that we have now. This is pretty much the beginning of this AI revolution. And we're already at this point where truth and fake 
is almost impossible to differentiate between. And I have no doubt that this is going to just improve. And by improve, I mean degrade our ability to trust what data we're getting. My expectation is that for every future conflict and especially political elections and anything that's contentious and you end up with two sides, I strongly believe that these situations are going to become more polarized and people will become more divided until we can get a handle on on how to limit the spread of this fake information. And at this point in time, you know, there's there is some research looking at how to automatically detect these things looking for thing looking for kind of digital footprints in in the image or in the video that can give us a hint that it's actually been generated and at the moment we've got so, we've had some success but the thing about ai is that it's constantly learning so as we develop our countermeasures to ai ai itself is able to develop countermeasures to our countermeasures and and um, actually an example of this was i was teaching a, a class at the university that I lecture at earlier this year and at the start of the semester you know there's a list of assignments for the students and I did a quick chat GPT test just to see if chat GPT could answer it and at the start of the semester it wasn't able to so I got the tick saying it's AI proof and then we sent out the assignments and by the end of the semester I did another test and suddenly I, <laughs> the chat GPT was actually able to answer the question uh, very very well actually and it, it's interesting because I don't know whether that was just due to my students and going to ChatGPT and trying to get the answers and then, um, you know, the AI algorithm actually learned or if it's through just its ongoing, ever-present learning process uh, that it scrapes data off the internet and is just constantly learning and evolving its thinking. Either way, it showed very clearly to me that what you, uh, at the start of the semester to the end of the semester, which is only 13 weeks, uh, there was a significant change in capability to be able to address these otherwise technical in-depth questions. So it's going to continue to get better, and which means that our ability to discern the difference is going to get lower. And we're going to have to become more reliant on our social media companies and our governments and and anyone else that's able to have some kind of authority in this domain to to do better, whatever that means, <laughs> in actually managing the the fallout of this new technology but of course we can't wait for structural change to protect us so in the meantime we need to be on guard and uh, and you need to keep an eye out and and when you come across information particularly if it's on a controversial topic keep your eyes wide open and just be cynical about anything that comes across even if it's a video and even if it's a picture you have to be careful because it, it's hard to to know if it's valid or not. Uh, I would highly recommend using only trusted sources, but of course that's not the way that, that we work because of our own human biases. We're already on social media, we're already getting the information. We are generally too lazy to go double check or you know you see it posted enough and you think, oh, that must be true. But that's the exact trap that this uh, campaign tries to capitalize on is the laziness of the human mind where we will just accept uh, the, the information that's been presented to us the most and the loudest, uh, we will accept that as truth. And that is what astroturfing and other uh, deceptive measures, particularly using AI technologies, are trying to capitalize on. So we'll finish off just with a couple of high-level tips on, on how to check for AI. Um, there are some obvious things that you can look out for. 
And as I said, you know, this may well change by early next year. Maybe all of these signs uh, for being able to determine fake content will be out the window. But for this very point in time, December 2023, there are some obvious signs. AI is not that great yet. Um, <laughs> so you can look for things such as uh, the number one is what's the source? Where did this come from? Was it shared on uh, on a social media by some random person that has no authority on the domain? Was it independently fact-checked? Um, was it shared by a mainstream media outlet who has obligations to correct mistruths that they may have spread? Um, these are all good things to check for first and foremost. The second thing to look for is the number of fingers on a hand. <laughs> um, so AI has got this funny interpretation of human biology and it often gets it wrong. So if it's a picture, uh, for example, there were several pictures circulating. Uh, again, the, the Gaza war is a perfect example because it's, that's the one incident that we've seen by far the most fake content. And with the Gaza war, despite all of the horrific incidents that are actually going on and, and can just be filmed and in fact have been filmed and photographed and shared, there's also been AI um, generated images and, and videos being shared to heighten the emotive response to this material. Because you have to understand when you see something emotive, when you see pictures of dying children or bombed out houses, there's, there's this emotional element, which again is a, is a human bias, and it allows you to absorb information, not only more fully, but also more emotively, meaning that you're more likely to act on the information. So although there's a lot of, lot of things that can just be photographed, we have seen some AI content being generated and, and shared in order to, to boost that emotive response. Um, and one of them was a, uh, a picture of a, a young Palestinian kid holding his uh, supposed cat. And when you look closely at the image, uh, where, you know, it's a very emotional image, it's a very sad image. But when you look closely, the, the kid has six fingers. And, <laughs> and, and you look at a few of these, like, you know, if you get a collection of AI images or even just generate some yourself and have a look at the hands, they always look a bit funny. They always look a bit distorted. And there's usually a four fingers or six fingers or seven toes. Uh, there's, there's weird things going on there with the fingers. So that's number two, check out the, the hands. The third one to look for is distorted faces or objects. Um, so faces are another one that it kind of gets wrong. Sometimes the mouth will be particularly pointy or, or just obscure. Um, the eyes may not be perfectly aligned. There's, uh, there may be some weird distortions in the shape of the head. So look out for that. And, and same thing with objects. So if you're looking in the background of the photo, maybe a picture of a human or some other scene, and you look in the background and just look closely because AI will put objects in the background to fill it out. But some, very often those objects don't make any sense. Like you, you zoom in and you realize like, you know, what is that object? It looks kind of like a vacuum cleaner slash broom or a gun. And, and you know, sometimes it's like a mix of the both and, and it just doesn't look right. And when you start looking at the details in the background of the images, um, it's, it can stand out quite obviously that it's AI. The fourth thing to look for, and I'm going to go to five, so this is the fourth out of five, is an unrealistic or painterly backdrop. So I talked about the objects in the back, but look at the general composition and feeling of the background of the image. If it seems like, you know, the lighting isn't quite right or it looks 
painted or it looks digital in some way, um, there's, there's a good chance that it could be AI generated or AI enhanced because sometimes you might have an actual image and then you just want to enhance it, add a few different details, maybe add a bullet wound or things like that um, using AI. So uh, those, those strange distortions or the things that look a bit digitized, um, sometimes there's some pixelation in there. So keep an eye out on, on the background there. The final thing that I'm, I'm going to mention for obvious signs of AI is, I don't know what you call it, but little things that you have on your face, like glasses, earrings, uh, nose rings, things like that. Um, they, they often don't look right. Uh, and, and not by not looking right, like if you, if you zoom into the image, you can see usually the glasses may just sort of finish uh, halfway off the head uh, or, you know, it blends into the skin or maybe the earring is, is sort of half part of the ear and half an earring. And at first glance, it, it, you know, it sounds obvious, but at first glance, you don't actually notice these things. And sometimes I've had to really spend some time looking and then I realize, oh, he's missing half of his glasses. That's what looks funny. <laughs> so yeah, these, these are the things. And, and just as a recap, check the source, make sure it's trusted and verified. Look at the, the hands. Do the fingers look like they're doing something weird? Um, check out the faces and objects in the background if they're distorted. Look for unrealistic or painterly type backdrops or backgrounds in the image. And fifth, look for things like glasses, earrings, or even beards and, and how they sit on the face if they blend in with the skin or not. These are very clear signs in December 2023 that AI has been used. So keep an eye out, beware of it, beware of any content that you're coming across. And uh, finally, and most importantly, perhaps, is report any content that you see is obviously manipulated and doesn't have a, a kind of disclaimer on it, because this is one of the only ways at the moment is this crowdsourced kind of grassroots level of, of monitoring um, misinformation. So be sure to report anything that you think is incorrect and they'll get their independent fact checkers um, unless they're the, the platform X, <laughs> which everything goes and it doesn't matter if it's fake or not. But for most other platforms, they still do have a, a form of independent verification. So make sure to report. I think uh, that's probably enough for today on, on AI. There's obviously a lot more to get into on this topic, but I, I plan to do that in future over time. So it's not super overwhelming and I'd like to keep these episodes relatively bite-sized. Um, so yeah, in, in future episodes or, or perhaps the next episode, I want to go through topics such as cyber terrorism. Um, I, I've written a paper on, on cyber terrorism defining what it is and, and some of the specific elements of it. And I think that that's quite an interesting new threat facing society um, coming through technology. So I'll, I'll get into that in a future episode, perhaps the next one. And until then, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Dr. Disinfo. I hope this episode was informative and I'll see you next time. Thank you.